they were talking about that the Russians, they also have this art. And they're not going to let the American, the United Nations, to investigate these arts, not unless they investigate our art first. So there's a deal going on. And it's, these arts are popping up all over the planet. They're activating. You're listening to Exopolitics Today with Dr. Michael Sala your source for the uncensored truth regarding the human, extraterrestrial, global, and political agenda. Click the like button and subscribe to this channel. And now, here's Dr. Michael Sala. What happened? Uh, you, you had another experience with the Atlantic ship? Yeah, we had another experience. Uh, most of all, thank you for the opportunity, Michael, for coming on. And... Yeah, we did another mission, and it was kind of interesting. It was crazy. It was insane. Did it start off the same as before, that you, you got an, an Osprey to take you from the base to the ship out or to that uh, floating object out in the Atlantic? Yeah, the floating ship-looking object, yeah. We started off with the Osprey. We sat down on the Osprey, and... We get there in the white van, four of us, we got there and we already know what to do. We get in the Osprey, we go, ready to go. And we went, yeah, we went to the Atlantic, a location in the Atlantic Ocean, in between Bermuda, you know, that Bermuda Triangle in that, in that area. And we okay, can, can you give uh, a more kind of... Uh, a better idea of where in the Bermuda Triangle or in that area, or is it, you just got to be general and vague about it? Um, I'm being general and vague about it. Oh, okay, but you know, you know the more precise location. Yeah, if you look at the azimuth and you see the compass and all that, the ones were a couple miles out. Our phone does not work in, in that part, you know. But I know it's heading towards passing Tallahassee or, you know, the Tona area and heading towards Bermuda. I see. So somewhere off that Florida coast. And, and you sent me a, a diagram, an illustration of, uh, of a craft or a vessel that you said looks very similar to, to the barge or to the ship that's out there in the Atlantic hovering over the Ark. Yeah, this, that actual craft, I think it was, uh, I think, Star Wars. I think there was probably a leak of that craft that we use. And they use, I think they used it and they utilized it, but it looks so similar, Dr. Michael. It looks so similar. And I started looking for it. And they put donut-shaped aircraft carrier type of ship. Um, it looks so similar. But the only difference is that the top part of the donut is flat. It's not rounded off. Probably we do have one that goes to space and is rounded off and it's covered. But the one that is on the Atlantic Ocean over this arc, it's flat off where you can see ospreys or different kind of ships land and take off. Okay, so you, you land there, and again, who, who's in the team? Um, is it a multinational team or just Americans? It, it was a multinational team, and this time we saw 
a little bit more Russians there than the Chinese. So Russians were part of the team. And, and what was your mission this time? Our mission was to recover the people that disappeared the last time we went. The Aztec-looking people, uh, Mexicans. I say Mexicans because we had a Mexican translator go down with them. So, yes, a lot of people are saying that they were probably from Honduras or Panama or other countries. But, no, I, I, they came directly from Mexico, this team. And these people that are native to Mexico, that they look like Indians, Aztec Indians. They came with uh, a translator that was Mexican, that knew the language that they spoke. So that's why I call them Aztec Mexican. Okay. And, and last mission, you left them behind or they wandered off and you couldn't catch up to them again. So the, the mission had to end. And so this time around, you're there to, to find them. Yeah. And I remember me telling that they were interrogating the Mexican translator because he never wandered off with them, came back with us. So they were interrogating him. And while they were interrogating him, it was a big type of explosion. I don't know if you remember me telling you that. And the ship, the whole ship, you could feel it move. And they were scared of them activating something in the ark that they wasn't supposed to activate. So when, I don't know if you want me to start when we got into the elevator and we started going down the elevator and then we entered the ark. I don't know if you want me to start from there or. Yeah, tell us what, what, what happened once you got down the elevator and entered the ark. Well, we had the Chinese and we had some Russian guys there with us. The Russian dudes, they're so hilarious. They, they crack jokes. <laughs> like out of nowhere, and they're so cool to be with, you know. <laughs> yeah, they were just cracking jokes on everything that was happening. I guess to relieve the stress and to relieve the situation that we're in now with Russia, you know, um, what's happening with Ukraine and all that. So everybody's so tense in what's happening, but I think what's happening in the back story of us finding these arcs there's a lot of tension. I know they were talking about that the Russians, they also have this art, and they're not going to let the American, the United Nations, to investigate these arts, not unless they investigate our art first. So there's a deal going on, and it's these arts are popping up all over the planet. They're activating, and I'm thinking also probably in the Pacific, is also activating as well. But I don't have no information in that particular arc. But I'm sure there's one in the Pacific that's also activating as well. And they're investigating and trying to figure out where it is before other people find out where it is. But yeah, while we're going down the elevator, we're talking, our ears are popping. We're all with a cut seatbelt standing up. We get there, and the door opens, and you see the Aztec Mexicans, like, right in front of the door, and they're looking at us, like, funny, like they knew that we were coming down. So they were already there waiting for us, and they look at us, and the translator found them, and 
he starts almost crying because we found them. Once we hit down to the elevator and we the doors open, they're right there in front, like waiting for us. Um, I they, I think they were there for two two weeks probably or a week and a half since the last mission. So they they've been there for a while. So yes, yeah, so you you just out, you go out of the elevator. The 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 Aztec Mexicans are there, and they've been missing for close to two weeks. So you know what what did they do? I mean, did you find out what happened while they were down there? Well, when we get there, we all get out from the elevator. The elevator closes and it goes back up. So we knew that we were there for a reason to find out what the heck happened with these guys. So the Aztec guys, they look at us and they say, like, they wave their hand, oh, follow us. And then the translator says, oh, tenemos que seguirlos. We need to follow them. So he speaks in Spanish and then he speaks in English. says, hey, we have to follow them. So we go in line. There's three roles. Uh, first, it was the Russian role and the Chinese role and the American role. And we were not marching, but in, we were behind each other and next to each other. And it's kind of cool because we were, like, protecting each other. We were looking at each other's shoulder. We didn't, we didn't know where these Aztec guys, they were taking us. So I was second to last. And I remember the Russian guy was, like, he was speaking in Russian. And he was, like, Napanimayo, privet, nigaburuparuski. And he was just talking, and the other Russian guys in front there were like just laughing. And then one of the Chinese, they were also talking in Chinese, but we were all talking also in English. And one of the Russians guys in front, he was saying, "Oh, this is just like the other place we go to." So the other Chinese guy in the front, he says, "Oh, what other place that you go to?" "Oh no, there's the other place that is just it looks just the same." So. That made me believe that they're also, they also have an art that they're investigating as well over there in Russia. Yeah, you, you mentioned to me once that you thought there was a, a craft or an art buried or found somewhere in the Tunguska region of Russia. Yes, that's where that we're talking about it and briefing that they saw heat sensory from a satellite going up over there in that area. So that was the activation. All of a sudden, uh, they, using some infrared device from satellites, were able to detect these large craft under the surface. But before that, before they activated, you, you, you got nothing on the infrared radar. Mm, what do you mean? Like, um... how, how did the activation process work? You know, what, what was it about the activation that made them suddenly recognizable from from space or from satellite imagery oh the, the heat sensor and also the gravitational pool that they were creating they were creating a, a gravitational pool that was stronger than i think we have these type of satellites that uh, measure also the, the 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 magnetic part of the earth so it can also measure the magnetic pool of certain locations around the Earth. We have these satellites. I, I don't remember the name of these sites, but I know we have them that measure the magnetic pool 
of the earth. So when these shifts activated, it also activated heat sensory and also magnetic pool. So that's that's how it got everybody interested in okay, we have to go back down there and and investigate what the hell's going on. Okay, and, and this all this was all, all happened recently. I mean I've since I think October when those ships arrived near Ganymede, since then all of these craft around the world, all these big arcs, suddenly start generating heat. They suddenly start generating some kind of gravitational field that's picked up by magnometers, and they're being noticed in you know, America, South America, Russia, China. Yeah, and, and there's all these false narratives trying to not to show people that these arcs are there. And that they're activating. So there's a lot of false narrative going around, you know, and probably a war is going to break out because of what was happening, you know, and it's saddening. It's really, how can I say this? It's really sad that that's happening because these arc, once you get in them, you feel so much peace. You feel so much. It, you, you feel so much enlightened when you enter these arcs. So I'm going to keep going with the story. So, so, so we were in line, right? And while we, we were in line, the Russians, Chinese, and the United States were following these ethnic guys. And they were saying, hey, follow us, follow us. So we followed them a couple hundred yards in, like four or three football fields in, we walked. And we went to this, like, big door that was square and you can see writings in these doors and there were gold plated and you could see how old it was because in between the writings it was like a blackish color and you can just put your finger on it and wipe off the black part one of the chinese scientists he was already touching it and wiping out the black part like with his hand and it was gold, and it kept going gold into the into the crevices of, of the writing. So you could tell it's old. And they were wiping it down just to see what was the writing, what was it, what it meant. And and you had the other Russian soldiers wiping it down also with a with a rag to see. Uh, this whole room was glowing in the bluish color, and my fingernails. You can see everybody's fingernails starting to glow. Like the fingernails, uh, um, the white part of your eyes glow. And then once you see the glowness in your fingernails, it starts coming down to your fingers. And you start to glow once you keep going in into these arcs. So the Aztec, uh, one of the guys, I think he was one of the chiefs, he tells the Aztec guys to get in a circle. So they get into the circle. And they start like stomping, and when they were stomping, the door opened, and we were like, "What the hell is going on?" The Chinese, they literally like once the door opened, they went in first, and we went behind them, and the Russians went kind of like cracking jokes. They were cracking jokes the whole time. So I actually got close to one of the Russians, um, and one of the Russians guys, and. I was just talking to him about the situation of what's happening. He says, it's bullshit. 
I cannot believe this is happening. You know, you guys sending stuff over there, and we holding the line. You know, that's all, that's all a joke, just to take people out of this situation that we're in. And he was saying that to me, and we were talking while we were entering this door. It was a dome-looking place, and inside this dome, you can see a ball of liquid just floating in the middle. And we all just dropped our jaws. We were like, what the hell is this? And everybody was like, what the heck is going on in this room? Like, where's gravity? How, how is that ball of water is floating in the middle of this room? This ball of water, it looked, have you ever seen a big oak tree? The leaves, the round part of it, how big it is? It looked just like that. Like a big oak tree round, you know, where the leaves are at. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. Well, it was huge. It was a floating type of water, liquid type of stuff that was floating in the middle of this room. So when you say floating yeah. in the middle of the room, you're saying it's suspended, like just this, like a very large area filled with water just suspended in the middle of the room? Yeah. Like it was in the in the middle of the room, and it was round, and we all stood around it, and everybody was appalled. Everybody like could not believe what we were seeing. It it was floating, and it was glowing. Then, out of nowhere, it, there was a big flash, and everybody got like blind with this flash, and we could not see like for. 30 seconds, everybody was blind. The Russians, they were cursing. Um, they were saying, I remember they were saying, oh, Kurva, Kurva, Kurva. And everybody was like, oh, the Chinese, they were like, I don't know what the hell they were saying. But us, we were like, oh, shit, I can't go, man, what the hell's going on? Everybody was like, we were holding each other in the chain. And I remember I had a Russian guy holding my left shoulder and he was he was the one cursing out saying kurva, kurva, oh, i can't see oh we, and everybody could not see like for 30 seconds with this flash because we were all looking at we were like surprised at this floating type of liquid that was in the middle but when this flash stopped we could see inside the water the ball of water again we could see we saw 15 soldiers swimming in there so we made a chain, and one of the Chinese guys reached up to one of the guys that was in the water, the, the, the ball of water, and we started pulling them out, and they were coughing out water, like almost drowning. And we pulled them all out. There was two guys that were really critical. They, they almost drowned. But we all saved the people that appeared inside this ball of water. And they were... Americans and Chinese as well that came out, but they had face kind of suits, the ones that we wear uh, when we were doing missions in the moon or Ganymede. And one of the guys were a scientist that I have saw before um, in the moon. And he said out loud, he says, whoa, shit, we just activated this freaking portal type of technology they have. Oh shit! And everybody was like, "Oh, snaps!" Like, oh, like everybody was surprised. So all these fifteen shows showed up out of nowhere, 
coming out from this ball of water. So right there and then we knew that this was a type of teleportation device that that is used to transport stuff from arc to arc and to bring to teleport things that they need from an arc to a different arc. So they were saying that they were coming from the moon, that they were in the arc in the moon. So while we're doing these missions, there's other soldiers, there's other people doing other missions in different arcs that I don't know about. But from that situation, what happened there? So uh, those guys, I mean, they walked into that kind of floating pool of water. They walked into it and then they got transported from the moon to this arc there buried under the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. You remember me telling you that when we go to these arcs, everybody does it in the same time. When we do these missions, it's coordinated that we all do it in the same time because these arcs, they all look the same and they're set out the same. But when we go to these different rooms, it's, it's set out to do the same. So I don't know how these 15 guys showed up in this ball of water and just showed up there. But they, I know this sounds really crazy, but they just showed up into the arc. And we pulled them out and we started heading back. We started radioing back to the top ship. Hey, these 15 guys have showed up here. And uh, the ship, the commander, get the F out of there. Get the F out of there. Get the F out of there. They kept saying that. So we started heading back. So when you and said, you know, this big room where that pool of water is floating, I mean, can you describe what, what's in the room? I mean, uh, you, you talked uh, last time, you talked about uh, the walls being covered by a glowing algae and, and that the, the, all the writing underneath it lit up. So what was in this room where this pool of uh, floating water was? What, what was on the walls? Well, when we entered this room, well, what I entered room, we looked like we were all surprised looking at this water-looking thing. I'm sure they, they, there was writing on the walls, but we were just concentrated on this floating freaking water that was in the middle of the room that we didn't know how the hell it was suspended. We did hear, like, sound. We did hear like a high-pitched sound in this room when we entered, and low tones of sounds. We were hearing the sounds all around the room, and when you move your head, you can hear different tonos. That's how you say it in Spanish, but, but different type of pitches of sound, megahertz of sound. You, you can clearly, and one of the kids were saying that it was kind of interesting that thinking that the sound was suspending the water in the, in the middle. Because the sound was coming out from all locations. So the water was being held by a suspension of sound. Do you think that was part of the activation process, that the ships, when they started activating, the, um, in, the interior began to transmit this sound and that's what created this portal yes i clearly think and know that that's what happened but yeah this room 
it, it looks similar to the to the to the hallways that we're passing to the rooms. They, they're all they all all the walls have writings of the history and the past. Different places where these arcs have been, and you can see the walls. Yeah, they had writings, but we cannot understand these writings. They, they're they're different. They're different from the beginning of the art writing that we saw and investigated. So where all these portals are at, there's different writings in different part of the ship. So I imagine these arcs had different kind of civilizations living in certain part of the ships that were in charge of the ship and, you know, had their technology part of the ship. Also, they were talking about that different part of the ship is it's um, part of different civilizations. So it, it was kind of interesting being that type of technology. Did, did you see and, uh, any other technology or, you know, other than uh, the writing on the wall or the uh, floating pool of water? Was there any other kind of technology that you could see? There were these pods laying around, like heading towards this room. That you could see pods. They look like, um, you know, um, where they put where they put dead people. In. Oh, like a coffin. Yeah, similar to a coffin, but like, uh, like it's more like a like concrete type of coffin. But it was made of moldavite type of material same same material that the the ship was made of we saw rows and rows and rows of these type of coffin type of pods did you look at them did you go in uh, to have a look at a close look no we didn't we didn't touch because one of the writings that we read in the last mission said that they were not holy but they were um, like to not touch them. We we really follow what the language. We we follow the directions of what the arc writing tells us not to do or what to do. You know, just for the safety of our sake. You know, we don't want to touch or activate something that we're not supposed to activate. So we just follow the direction and follow orders and what we're supposed to do and just execute it and do it and come back. We don't. We let the geologists and scientists and whoever's in charge of that area be in charge of that area. But yes, we passed these these kind of pods that um, they were emitting like this light to the path that we were heading to, and we mm -hmm. felt like a peace, something a beautiful sensation passing these pods. So you got a feeling in the area around these pods, again, of that, just feeling very peaceful. Yeah, we're, we're feeling really peaceful around these pods. And you can notice that there was a couple that missing. And I'm sure that we took them out and we took them up just to investigate what the hell they were. You know, I'm sure the other, you know, part of the military did that. And they're investigating the hell these pods are, or what the hell is inside these pods. You know, they're quite large. You have different sizes of these pods. 
you had 10 feet, you had five feet, you had six feet, you had different sizes. I see. And you have no idea what was inside them. No, I don't have no idea what the hell is inside of these pods. Just that the writings warned you not to open them, that there was something evil or dangerous. Well, not evil, but like more like holy, like like not disturbed, you know, like we felt peace around these pods. Yeah, I don't think there's nothing evil coming out of these pods. Okay. Well, I, I remember um, others have talked about stasis chambers being found all over the world with uh, giants inside. So I'm wondering if this is maybe what you're seeing there. Well, these pods, they also had these um, like tube-like um, connections that to that room where that floating water is. So when you look up, you see these kind of like crystal tubes that I, I'm sure that they can come down into these pods. One of the people were saying that these pods were probably a portal or be activated with the liquid. I, I don't know. I know I had to do with a connection with that room that we went into. But yeah, you can feel peace around these pods. But, you know, we really wasn't really paying attention to it because we didn't want to get lost or we wanted to follow the aspect guys into this room. So once we got to this square room where they had old writings and we started cleaning it up and when they were cleaning it up, that's when I was looking behind us and everybody was looking around, you know, like just looking at the area and we saw these pods and you could see them everywhere. It was kind of cool. It was kind of interesting. And when you walked around, did, was there the same effect? Lights would turn on or things would activate when some guys were walking there, around, but not for everyone? There, the thing is, it was already activated with the aspect guys. Everything was on, activated already. But I noticed the room, it seemed like they never went into this room where the water, once we got in there, it was a little bit dark. But and then all the lights glowing, like you can literally see glowing orbs inside this water when the flash happened. And these soldiers showed up. Our ear was hurting with the sound, and but not hurting as much. But with the sound in that room, it was like like we were just blown away with that room, with the beautifulness. It looked like a uh, like one of those party balls. What do you call it? The um, disco balls. Oh right, the uh, the the kind of flashing disco balls on a um, in a dance room or something, and they just circle and uh, circle around, and light flashes off, and it scintillates. Yeah, yeah, but imagine that! How beautiful that room looked like. Like we were like whoa, blown away. Oh, all right, so you've now rescued these 15 guys that were trapped in the suspended water. You've found the, the Aztec uh, Mexican Indians, and so now you're all leaving. Now we're all leaving, and we're heading back to the door.
But and then the Aztec guys, the ones to take us somewhere else. But the translator, the Mexican translator, says, "No, no, 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 no. We got orders to go back up. So you got to come back up." The Russians they grabbed the Aztec guys and took them to the front, and we all went with the other fifteen soldiers that were behind with us, and they had the weapons drawn, like scared, looking around when we were passing back, going back, and. We asked him, hey, what are you guys scared of? You know, why Why you guys are so, oh, we don't know this art. You know, we, we, we never know. You know, no, no, there's nothing wrong with this art. Like, they were not scared, but they were, like, in alert. They didn't know that they were going to be here. And, like, it was good timing. Like, it was crazy. Like, insane. I think if we would have been there, they would have drowned. So they knew, I think the colonels and the, Everybody knew that this mission was going to happen, and, and we had to go down there in a synchronized time to take these people out of this orb, if it was going to work. If they would have been there a couple more minutes, they were all drowned inside this orb of water. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there, there are many missions to these different arcs on the Earth and in space, the moon, and they're all being synchronized. Yeah, it's all at the same time. Everybody's doing it in the same time. Kind of okay. interesting. So now this is this is your third time in in one of these arcs, right? You're one. You're in one on the moon, and this is the second time now you've been on the one in the Atlantic. Yeah, second time. And were you second given time. a kind of you know after you after you finished the mission, were, did you get a debriefing? Oh, okay. Remember I told you the, the Russians took the aspect guys to the front and we went to the elevator? The elevator came down. It opened. We all went in. Everybody was shaking. Everybody was like, whoa, holy crap, what, what just happened? And the 15 soldiers, we put them in the middle. And they were in disbelief that they were in the other arc. So they, were, they thought they were probably still in the moon. And they thought that another party came to save them from the ball of water. So uh, we went up and I remember seeing the Russians. They went to their area. The Chinese, they went to their area. The Americans, we went to our area. But I think there was a deal that they made with the Mexicans and they took the Aztec Indians with the Russians and a couple American soldiers went with them to go for another mission. I don't know. But I went back on the Osprey and the Chinese, um, they went back in their their type of ships. I remember seeing submarines and one of the guys were saying that they were uh, Russian nuclear submarines that were around our ship. So I don't know what was really happening with the Russians, the United States now, the situation, but I, I don't know if they found something bigger or a better technology, but all I know, it felt like this mission was forced by by the Russians. There there was Russian ships. You could see jets flying left to right on top of the ship. You could tell there were F-35s. We could see all of them like flying crisscrossing. We saw a lot of Ospreys flying in and out, bringing people, taking people back. So we got on the Osprey, and it was almost night. So we flew, 
And again, there was um, flying craft following the Osprey, like guiding us back to make sure that we don't turn around and go back to the ship. So these crafts, they look like um, regular traditional UFOs, and they guide us back to the shore by Tallahassee, and we go back to the base. And when we got to the base, we, you know, over there on the ship, we did do our cleansing and all that. We, we make sure we go through this process of taking off our clothes, leaving it there. I think we go away. And we get back to the base, and they say, hey, go back to your families. So have you been told anything about when this information is going to be revealed to the world? Is there any kind of public disclosure process? Really, really, I don't know when this information is going to be revealed. It's being revealed now, I guess. <laughs> but, like, real, real revelations, I I'm not sure because of what's happening now with the situation, you know, us sending troops over there in Ukraine, and we don't know what's going to happen, you know, with the situation, if there's going to be a war or not. And I'm not sure when this information is out. But you think there's uh, the possibility of a war is because there are some people that don't want this information to come out. Yes. A lot of people don't want this information coming out because it involves technology that's probably a couple thousand years more advanced than what we have, and they don't want this information to come out. Okay, and you, you haven't received any official briefing? You're, you're just given orders to be ready to go on another mission and, and you, didn't, you, you didn't receive an official briefing for this mission or you didn't get a, a debriefing when you got back? They don't, they don't, they, they already know that you know enough. They just pick you up to do the mission and we know what to do. I see. And the first mission went down the first, First time, yeah, we had a briefing and all that, but you know, they expect you to know on um, briefings. Yeah, we do have safety briefing before going down. It was like every other safety briefing, you know, hey, you know, don't touch this and make sure you guys uh, watch each other's back. And we're like, okay, yeah, big deal, cool, let's do it, let's go. We're like anxious to go already, and they're giving these safety briefings, you know. What to touch, what not to touch, what to activate, what not to activate, what to do, how to act. You know, um, if you do see something that it's out of the world, like other another entity or another being, um, what to say, what not to say. These ships are activating more and more, and the evidence your pool is getting stronger and stronger. So it's getting to the point that I think. They're going to have to tell everybody what the hell is going on because it's, be, it's getting obvious. You know, we're getting bigger waves. Um, this summer, I think the storms are going to be even stronger because of the heat that's coming out these arcs. So all this, all this activation is, is, is not harming the, the weather pattern, but it is going to cause an effect. And people are going to start asking questions why the weather pattern is different and why what's happening and, you know. Mm -hmm. OK, well, that's very encouraging. So as these arcs are activating all over the planet, then it's going to be harder and harder 
for the government authorities to keep them secret? Yes, yeah, <laughs> totally. Okay, well, thank you, uh, JP, for sharing this information. I'm sure many of my audience are very interested in learning more about these arcs, and they, like me, appreciate you uh, sharing what, what you're experiencing, and hopefully others will step forward and share any experiences they have about these arcs being discovered around the planet. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Michael Isala, and thank you for the job that you're doing, bringing this information out to the public. It's quite interesting. We're living interesting times, and we just have to make sure we don't get deceived, you know, by, by the dark force, you know, and different things that are happening around the world. But when you have people backing you up and you got the people encouraging you to come out and to give this information, you feel protected. And I'm encouraging those that know about this information to please come out. Please give information about what's happening. I talked to a couple guys down there and there and they told me that they're, you know, they're going to come out soon because they think that the public should know about the situation. So probably in the future, you're going to have more people talking to you, Doc, about the situation. And I'm really excited about that, if that happens. Well, that's great to know. So thank you and God bless you, JP. You have been listening to ExoPolitics Today with Dr. Michael Sala. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to this channel. Join or start a conversation in the comments. Take the time to explore the vast library of best-selling books, webinars, and podcasts by Dr. Sala. Visit exopoliticstoday.com.